Three, two, one, go. This is Retrace, segment number 77. We're live. This is Sunday, December 11th, 2022. And it is 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. We're doing a double header today. Why? Because things need to get done. We're getting them done. Retrace is about what's going on out there. The short answer to that is computer control. The long answer to that is not going to happen right now. we got to be quick here. What we're going to do is do a, a recap video of Retrace segments 65 through 69, table-driven agent, five-part series. Do an overview. Put this at the front of a playlist to make it easier for people to decide how deeply to go into the topic. Let's go deeply. Here we go. These are the notes that we're going to work from, and we're just going to kind of go through as you would. We've got it all here in front of us. So we started, first of all, let's talk a little bit of context. Uh, the table-driven agent comes from uh, AMA 4E, uh, Artificial Intelligence Modern Approach, Russell and Norvig, 4th edition. This is page 48. We're in the December to Remember Math and Code event, preparing for our six-month deep dive study of this uh, text from July, January to June inclusive of 2023. So we're spending December tackling the hard parts, making sure that nothing bogs us down in that time period next year. Next year. It's not even a, it's, it's three weeks away. So page 48 is where the first real math and code appear. And that's why we chose the table driven agent. Okay. Uh, so in segment number or in part number one, re re 65 segment re 65, um, we, we had already done the, also I should say, uh, for AMA4E, we did a companion in the lead up to this. We did an overview of the whole book. And so you can read through the companion at AMA4E.retrace.com. That'll land your plane right where we are uh, with Re65. Okay, we talked about agents a little bit, that's different kinds, table-driven reflex, model-based reflex, reflex goal-based, utility-based learning. But we're talking about table-driven, just the simplest version that we tackle first. And intelligent agents uh, can be thought of more broadly than just computer programs. But uh, here we're just talking computer programs. Here's the code, the pseudocode from the book. Um, inputs are percept and table. Outputs, uh, Output is action for each loop through this function. This is a function. This is, a, this is not in a particular programming language. It's a function in, in their pseudocode language that's meant to be implemented in, you guessed it, a, an actual programming language. This is their Python implementation. We're not going to end up using this code. We're going to use little snippets of it uh, later on because this is not quite suitable for our purposes. But it, the, you know, this uh, conveys the same idea. You can get to these things from ama.cs berkeley.edu slash algorithms and their GitHub page and aima4e.retrace.com yeah, aima4e.retrace.com will get you there. Links.retrace.com will get you to the um, official AIMA stuff as well. Here we talked about defining some terms. We're going to talk again about them in re66 in just a second here. But things like uh, program or uh, the different kinds of function basically we're, we're sort of, uh, you know, are, will lend you to confusion. So uh, computer programming function is different from an agent function and uh, mathematical function, but we do a better job of defining those in the next segment. Just uh, keep in mind that agent functions and agent programs are separate. The agent program is the whole thing, and the agent function is just the table part in this case. This is the part that makes it smart, or smarter than, than average, or is intended to make it smart, but this is the whole program that's not necessarily smart. Uh, or as smart as we want it to be. And you can think of the agent architecture as being the, here we, what do we, okay, so the agent is the architecture, which is the hardware, plus the program, which is the software. I think body and brain, maybe, that's one way of thinking of it. And that memory is uh, represented by the pseudocode variable persistent in the AMA4E pseudocode. Okay. That's re65. In re66, we tweaked the terminology. We talked about initializing memory, uh, initializing memory objects, and 
what a dictionary is in Python and what a memory object is and these other things I brought in sort of from uh, Altoff. Uh, you can go into the notes if you care about that. Computer program function, okay, a software input-output machine. Mathematical function, a relation between two sets. And an intelligent agent function, the input-output percept action table or whatever that makes a dumb program smart. And so we go a little bit into what we mean by that. And but we will put that's a bit in the weeds for this segment. Um, and then we work the table driven agent code. Uh, and by the end of the segment, we're talking about always be coding. It's so it's it's just it feels like the right thing to do. Although I would add always be mathing. Uh, ABM is probably going to come up at some point. Here's the code. So again, the pseudocode, same thing. Here I've highlighted the uh, corresponding um, objects over here in in the in their Python implementation. But then we have three boxes here that all represent. Uh, running code that implements this ag this agent program, especially the agent function. So an implementation of the agent program is the whole thing. And I mean, these, these this is an interactive shell. So this isn't a single file. You could put this in a file, but we did it interactively in the segment to make it clear what was going on. So implementing the whole agent program is each one of these three whole boxes. Implementing the agent function is the same in each one because it's just the table. What do we mean by that? Well, basically, we're going to get a, a percept. We're talking about uh, a computer program, artificial intelligence agent program uh, that's just running in a computer. So its whole world is input-output in the form of uh, whatever whatever you know data we can send to it, and it lives inside of a computer. So its whole world. So it doesn't never sees the color red, but we can send it the the, the word red, the string R E D. That's what we do here. Oh, we don't do it here. So this is the table that interprets when it receives the string red, it sends back a thumbs up. It doesn't actually put its thumbs up. It just sends back text because this is a very simplified uh, agent because we're trying to learn. Uh, how they work, not make one that's really for sale at Target. Okay, so we put the agent function in this table that says, okay, if you, if the if your history of percepts is just one percept, give a thumbs up, and it's red, give a thumbs up. If you if the history of your percepts is two reds, act like you're interested. If the history of your percepts is a, two reds and a green, continue to act like you're interested. And if your history of percepts is red, red, green, red, ooh, that's not that's not good. You should definitely definitely vote that one down. And then we go through here. Uh, it, you know, line by line um, in this first box doing what I just described and we end up there. You can do it more easily if you um, write up several of those lines as a program and then you just send percepts to the program instead of manually appending the percept history uh, list. This is a percept list history. That's the thing that gets checked. And then the table is where the lookup happens to get the action. Every time the agent gets a percept, it, uh, it, it takes its list, looks up that list in the table that we've specified, and gives back an action. Same results, same output here, different, different, in, different agent program, same agent function, and same agent behavior. Finally, here we do it even more fancy. We, um, we use the code that's very similar to uh, the way that AMA4E uh, Python implementation looks, except we had to modify it so that we could pass the table, the percepts, and the percept list from the outside so it was a single function. Same thing here, same output. Okay, that's the code. And again, always be coding, always be coding. Okay, let's go to retrace segment number 67. This is part three. Um, we want to talk about the limits of this table. This table-driven agent has mathematical limits. The way we um, describe those mathematical limits is this expression here. This is summation notation. It's saying the sum from one to the number of percepts in the lifetime of the 
the agent. Uh, you would add the number of possible percepts in the world of the agent raised to the number of percepts it has received so far. That's what that means. That I've explained that in many different words and, and different uh, arrangements below. And the key to, I mean, you just have to get used to this and spend some time thinking about what does it mean? So first of all, if you expand this fancy and you get rid of the summation notation, you're going to have to write this, this right-hand part, the blue P, that the bars represent the number of elements in the set, the P rep represents the set. So our set has only two elements, red and green, and the P represents the set red and green, but the bars around it represent the number two, which is the number of elements in that set. We write it the long way without summation notation. It looks like this. How long is the agent's life? Well, in our agent's life, we're only going to have four percepts in its whole history. So this is going to have four terms. We, get, we plug in the actual numbers for our two-percept world and a four-percept lifetime for the agent. How many entries do we need in our table? 30. Wow. Wow. What a disappointment. Our four only covered... Four, or our table only covered four out of the 30 possible percepts if we wanted to completely specify an action, if we wanted to specify an action for every single possible percept history that our simple little, little agent was going to, um, could experience in its four percept lifetime, it would have had to be 30 entries long. Now you can write an if-then-else agent program that handles it, says, okay, if you get these percepts, do this, otherwise... Uh, just do nothing and, and go ask for another percept or, or wait for another percept. So doing nothing in a category is a response to, you know, a large swath of the possible table entries or, or would-be table entries is an option, but we didn't, we didn't do the math on that. We're talking about the limits of this agent. We're not talking about ways to um, work around those limits or, or work within those limits. Here, uh, we talk about the combinatorial explosion. Where does it, it? Where does the explosion happen? It happens on this last term. Okay, this is essentially uh, an exponential. It's not. It, it is an exponential function because every step we take, this number goes up. Okay, so we're taking steps along an x-axis that we don't have drawn here. That x-axis is plugged into this exponent. It's raised two to the four, then two to the five, then two to the six. That's two to the x. F of x equals two to the x equals big for all values of above, say, x equals 14, which is roughly 16,000. If you have a three percept world and you take 14 percepts, i.e. 14 steps in your agent's lifetime before it dies, you on the last, this is the size of that percept history is like twice this. It's like 8 million. But the, on the last step, you double the size more than double actually it's like it's more like two or three million i, I can't remember i think i do the math in the next one um the point is every step you take every step you take you're blowing up the table okay that's what this is all about i also said down here in uh, i think i say it in retrace 68 but i wrote it in response to this one when i say like um, that ai code is uh it, it takes an imprecise answer and improves it um it, you know, as opposed to classical algorithms or classical code that takes that that are the that um, capture the steps to arrive at a precise answer. That's only really if you equate artificial intelligence code with machine learning code. So I kind of qualify and correct myself here, and then I talk about it again in re sixty eight at the top amendment to re sixty eight. Oh, and also I kept saying sequence instead of series. A sequence is the elements in our list. So red. Let's say let's say our our we have a, a list of two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. That's a sequence. You add those together. 
then it's a series, okay? That's, you just, now, sometimes the series is infinite, sometimes it's uh, finite. Same thing with a sequence. They can both be infinite or finite, but I just kept saying it wrong, and it was, uh, or I said it wrong once or twice, and it drives me crazy. Uh, I think I did the same thing with equation and expression. Let's get this right. I should not be your mathematician, but I can still help, and I try very hard to get the right answer. This is an expression. The equal sign... This is maybe you call it a little equation in here, but really this is just identify. This is almost setting t equal to, but this is not an equation because there aren't two expressions on either side of an equal sign. Okay, this is an expression. You put an equal sign here, and you put a number over here, or some other algebra, and then you're saying these are two things are equal. That's an equation. Get it right. Don't be like me. Be like better. Okay. Warnings about Python. I talked about. Probably shouldn't have put this in here, but it just came out that way. Um, enveloping and environmenting your Python installation and also all of your Python packages, modules. Uh, what's the other one? Um, modules and not submodules, modules and I don't know, but there are different terms for just basically more Python code that you didn't write that you want to import to your code. I give some links and stuff how to deal with that. And I talk about Do Docker, which is sort of the, the more scaled up version of that dealing with containers generally, not just Python. Python's a great language, but it's moving so fast that you need to really sort of wrap it up in a container to keep your code today working years from now uh, and, and avoiding dependency hell. Okay, here we bring it all together. Uh, we, we bring together the math that we've already done and we say, look, we want to write some Python code that actually does this math for us. We don't want to be manually calculating an exponential explosion like this, a, a combinatorial explosion. And here's how you do it. Print series takes the number of percepts that are going to be that are in the world of your agent and then the lifetime of your agent. In our case, we had two percepts in the world, red and green. It's going to have a four-step lifetime. So this is two and four. You see these down here, two and four. Uh, and then it does some magic. It says for I in range, and then you go from two to lifetime. You have to do some fence posting things here to, you know, you'd think you'd start with one, but you just don't trust me. I mean, you know, it's, it's just a lot, of a lot of math and a lot of code has fence posting problems. If you're not familiar with those, Google them. Uh, update the series value, and then by the end of this loop, you have a final number for the series, and it's 30, and it matches. And the more you test this, you the more you start to trust this code is getting the right answer. Okay, that's the end of 68. 69, we just sort of took a look backward. Well, first of all, uh, we resisted the temptation to go into all the cool stuff, agent-oriented programming, agent-oriented software engineering, all this other stuff that's coming up around the table-driven agent and thinking about how to make progress. So how do you go do something useful with this tool that you just learned and started to understand? Uh, but we're resisting that temptation because we have things to do, and that's why we're doing a doubleheader tonight, and that's why we cut this off at the knees, even though I very much would have liked to talk about agent-oriented software engineering, which is, according to its original theorist, his name, Shoham, um, is, a is, a, is a subset of... Uh, object-oriented software engineering, agent-oriented. It's just fascinating to me, but I don't know much about it, but I love everything I've read. And autonomic computing is part... Okay, I need, uh, see, I'm, I'm, I'm falling off the boat. Get back in, get back in. ECMP is the methodology that we decided may, is, is represented by the, uh, the first four segments on the table-driven agent. We start in English, including pseudocode. We want to comprehend the problems and the solutions and then get out of English into code. That's the next phase. Implement electron-based machines to do work. Then get out of code and into math to figure out the trustworthiness and the limits of the machines. And then go out in the world and go do something useful. ECMP. You don't have to do it in that order. You might do it in reverse. You might mix it up. Doesn't matter. But, uh, you know, the table-driven agent is a new tool. It's a hammer looking for nails. Can we imagine things? I think in the footnotes here, I imagine launching missiles at people and then dropping pallets of food to refugees. So go check that out. Last but not least, what does a general mobilization look like uh, in the age of AI? What is war going to look like? What does it already look like? 
things to think about. There's more and more and more and more. Man, do not Google AI. Do not Google it. It's every day is more. Okay, so that's it. That's what we did with the table-driven agent. Check it out. Uh, all references in today for today's segment will be in the PDF notes. We will do some PDF notes to even distill what we've done so far. Uh, that'll be at our uh, website, retrace.com, R-E-T-R-A-I-C-E.com. Uh, next segment is in 44 minutes, 43 minutes. We're doing a double header and we're going to do a recap of segments re-70 to re-76, which were on partial derivatives and gradients in uh, the context of pages 119 to 122, AMA 4E. Hope you enjoyed it. All right, signing off.